0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Friday, September the 21st, 2018. We are reading from the big book and we are at page 120, the first paragraph. Perhaps your husband will make through five paragraphs, ending the chapter with good luck and God bless you. And we will be commenting on all. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Georgina P., the 12 Traditions, Kelly S., and readers of the text, Barbara E., Lauren N., and Kelly S. The reference numbers for Thursday, September 20th, 7 a.m., 11939 and the 10 a.m. meeting 11941. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions
1: Good morning, my name is Georgina, and I'm a recovered compulsive eater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. (coughs) Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed. Oops, Sorry. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Georgina P. And I will now ask Kelly S. to read the 12 traditions.
2: This is Kelly S., recovered in Oklahoma. Thanks for your service, Lynn. Uh, tradition one. each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Kelly. S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. (laughs) Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, and someone is unmuted, so if you could please check your line, that would be great. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. And we're on page 120, the first paragraph perhaps your husband will make through five paragraphs, ending the chapter with good luck and God bless you.
3: Barbara E., would you start us off, please? Thank you. I'm honored to. Perhaps your husband will make a fair start on the new basis. But just as things are going beautifully, he dismays you by coming home drunk. If you're satisfied he really wants to get over drinking, you need not be alarmed. Though it is infinitely better that he have no relapse at all, as has been true with many of our men, it is by no means a bad thing in some cases. Your husband will see at once that he must redouble his spiritual activities if he expects to survive. You need not remind him of his spiritual deficiency. He will know of it. Cheer him up and ask him how you can be still more helpful. The slightest sign of fear or intolerance may lessen your husband's chance of recovery. In a weak moment, he may take your dislike of his high-stepping friends as one of those insanely trivial excuses to drink. We never, never try to arrange a man's life so as to shield him from temptation. The slightest disposition on your part to guide his appointments or his affairs so he will not be tempted will be noticed. Make him feel absolutely free to come and go as he likes. This is important. If he gets drunk, don't blame yourself. God has either removed your husband's liquor problem or he has not. If not, it had better be found out right away then you and your husband can get right down to fundamentals. If a repetition is to be prevented, place a problem along with everything else in God's hands. We realize that we've been giving you much direction and advice. We may have seemed to lecture. If that is so, we are sorry, for we ourselves don't always care for people who lecture us. But what we have related is based upon experience some of it painful. We had to learn these things the hard way. That is why we're anxious that you understand and that you avoid those unnecessary difficulties. So to you out there who may soon be with us, we say good luck and God bless you. I'll start my timer now. I hope it works. Well, in the two decades I've been in OA, I've read this chapter many times, but I could only relate to it from my point of view as an addict. I never thought of the suffering, my constantly going on diets, going off diets, hiding in my room, refusing to go to social functions, my changing moods, my raging, how I hurt my family. Today, I see this chapter through a whole different lens. I used to think, 16 years, why didn't Lois leave this drunk? I know it was a different era, but that was my thinking. Now I think God must have had other plans for Lois, saying, yes, you, Lois, will suffer. But out of your suffering will come Al-Anon, and out of Bill's suffering will come AA. That's my bigger plan. I can't help wondering, however, how Lois felt being denied the opportunity to write this chapter and after 16 long years struggling to help her husband, watching Ebby achieve this in a few hours. For me, I'm so lucky that my husband has stuck with me literally through thick and thin, gradually coming underst- to understand that in order for me to live happily, free of the desire to use food as the answer to life's problems, and free for me to become a more peaceful, accepting person. I need this 12-step program. He may not understand why I need to spend time praying and meditating and working with others, taking and returning calls, reading with some, going to three face-to-face meetings a week, but he accepts that's what I need in order to maintain my connection with my higher power and away from the excessive food if I am to survive. I never want my family to feel that they have to shield me from temptation by denying themselves. Importantly, I must never forget that my family comes first. My program is important, but my family life must not suffer. People who know me know that we have a no-tech family dinner time every night with me listening and sharing with as much imperfect tolerance, patience, and acceptance as I can, praying for guidance and harmony and knowing when to say nothing. I think God winked at me 20 years ago and said, you've been wandering in the desert and in the desert for 40 years. I'm offering you this tablet, a book. Read it, learn from it, and your life will be better for it. I did, and it has. Thank you for this honor. I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara E. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share?
4: Charles H.
0: Chrissy J.
5: Janice P.M.,
6: Kim G, Julie I,
0: Dorita P. Okay, that's great. We have our lineup. Let me just see if I missed anybody. Charles H., Chrissy G., Janice P.M., I think I heard Kim G., Julie I, and Dorita P. So if you're not Charles H, could you please mute your phone? And Charles, could you start for us, please?
4: Thank you kindly, S for your um, loyal service. This is Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. For years, I've been saying there is meat here, right? And it's not just about the wife. And um, just to go in line with the conversations we've been having, right, no more kicking the can up the road talking about my wife is this and my, my kids is that and this and that, right? Um, you know, we've recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, right? And there is meat in these chapters, right? You know, eight to the to the people around us that's close to us, right? Not in particularly our wife alone, you know, friends, coworkers, and, and things of that sort. And then Nine, right? The family afterwards, the entire family, and not just blood, right? Because we got some close besties, right? Like shout out to Mama Bear, I love you, took care of me up top, right? Shout out to you, I really love you, right? And I love a lot of y'all, right? Um, and then to the employers, right? You know, my man Hank P, right? Like, like, and then and then Chapter Eleven Bankruptcy, where where it's an overview of the entire program and how it got started, right? There is meat here. Yes, there is meat, right? And, and and um, and I think the discussion yesterday we were talking about. Oh, you know, um, the wife might get pissed off because he's always on the phone. He's always work. You know what? You know what? I sacrificed because I was such a binger. I sacrificed my trip on the way to work, and I'm not saying this for no oohs and ahs. This is real life. I sacrificed my lunch break to carry people through this this program, so I can keep it. It ain't that they sick. I'm sick, right? Um, I love what my sister said. Hashtag S-D-R-F. Every single day I turn into that hashtag S-D-R-F, and I need to carry this message, this message, in order to keep this message. It's an oxymoron for this moron, because I turn into a moron at 12.01 a.m., and with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Charles H. Chrissy G., it's your turn, followed by Janice PM. Hi, this is Chrissy G. from New York.
6: And um, I've been listening for the past couple of days and just I I felt that I wanted to share this morning because I have so much experience with both sides of this. I grew up. Um, in AA. I was literally, you know, too young to drink when I got to AA, but I had a a real history of drinking and always with an active eating disorder. um, The drinking always had worse consequences for me than the eating did in my younger years. And I met my former husband in AA and we spent years 20 plus years, um, dealing with each other as addicts and going back and forth and being on the hamster wheel of a relationship in codependency. And, you know, in, in ACOA, they call it para alcoholics. So it's like, like a parasite, you kind of, the addiction feeds on each other. It's like, I'm your excuse to drink. You're my excuse to drink. And, um, it goes round and round and round. And when when you get off the wheel, like I did four years ago when I got into OA, I it wasn't about him anymore. And the anger just like it just fell away. It was like, what is going on with you that you need you need to eat in order to face every day? And what's going on with with your your thoughts and and your behavior that you can't live with the consequences of your life every day and and how how could that be cleaned up and that's that's what happened with the steps and my behavior is much different I'm two years divorced i have i'm in a relationship that is much different and I am happy to say that I don't spend a lot of time blaming, blaming other people. If I feel like eating and I don't feel like overeating today, I seek my ease and comfort in God. Thank you, God. And there's other things that I might try to find ease and comfort. And then I realize, you know, it's one of the big things is I have a a boyfriend and, you know, like if he's not giving me Enough attention. It's like, oh, I'm looking for ease and comfort there. Where in the past, I used to get mad, like, you're not giving me enough attention. It's just a complete mind
4: switch. And it's amazing how. I think we lost you, Chrissy
0: G. Okay, thank you, Christy G., for your share. Janice P.M., it's your turn, followed by Kim G. Well, good morning
5: again, Linus, and thank you for your service. My name is Janice P.M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts, Ha uh-huh. the Red Sox country. Sorry. Um, yeah, you know, this whole book, this whole book is about experience, It's, you know, it's not a a book that's, you know, that somebody wrote and that's their idea. It's their experience. So, yeah, sometimes we may say, gee, they're preaching or they're lecturing or whatever. But, you know, it's not. It's a guidebook. It's a direct book. It's teaching us. It teaches me. And it's still teaching me um, that they offer a clear-cut direction. And we know that the way they write is when they really want to say something and emphatically get it through my head, that they keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And it's like, you know, never, 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 never try to arrange a man's life. Well, why? Why not? Why won't? Why doesn't, didn't that work for me? Well, because, and I love this sentence, God has either removed your husband or your son, or no matter who it is, Eating problem, liquor problem, or he has not. I mean, that's the bottom line because I am powerless over somebody else. The wives were powerless, mothers are powerless. I'm powerless, a hundred percent powerless. and you know, as soon as I know that, I'm saying, so it doesn't matter what I do or what I don't do because i didn't I didn't cause this illness, I really you know uh, I didn't cause their illness, I can't p- control their illness because I tried all these things, and certainly I can't cure so that's the three c's that I learned, and it takes a long time to really really get it right deep deep down in my soul that that I cannot do this, and that's why. We need to spiritually grow because that's my spiritual problem. That's why I never graduate. You know, no matter what happens in my life, no, what, no matter what medical problems I may have or calamities in my life, I still have to trust, rely on God, and give this away. Otherwise, because he's the only one that gives the gift anyway. So I can't give it. Um, and that's the best sentence I can, uh, can say, and, I'm, you know, it keeps reminding us. They're just telling us because they're, they're trying to tell us their mistakes, the wives, so that perhaps we can say, yeah, gee, that, that is happening to me. I better not do that. I better not condemn them. I bet, You know, I should probably build them up because I can't do anything about it anyway, and I think that's about my time, and with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Janice P.M. Kim G., it's your turn, followed by Julie I.
7: Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Though it is definitely better that he have no game at all, it has been true with many of our men, is by no means a bad thing in some cases. Your husband will see at once that he must redouble his spiritual activities if he expects to survive. Yeah, that really hit me this morning because, you know, I'm always looking for the loopholes. So what I want to see in there is, oh, you know, uh, that's cool. I mean, I, Relapse is just a part of recovery. You know, and Relapse does not need to be a part of recovery. You know, for many years, in early as Anonymous, I've settled from being comfortably miserable. You know, and unfortunately, I have experienced a lot of meetings that actually encourage this or support this. I mean, Relapse and Recovery is one of the most popular topics in my area, I think, because we all want to justify that relapse is just a normal part and it's no big deal if we pick up. So why are we relapsing? What is the solution if we don't want to relapse anymore? It's letting us know right here. We must redouble our spiritual activity. And I have to tell you, for many years, that wasn't the message i thought gotten over as anonymous. If I picked up, I was told I had to go to more meetings, maybe you know, I had to make more phone calls, I have to get a better food plan, I have to get a better sponsor. And those are all human aid. And my experience is when I employ when I human aid, it fails me utterly. So, just to give you an idea, you know, for the first 17 years in LA, I used the tools to try to control the problem. But what happened was I continued to go back to the food over and over again. For almost the last eight years, what I did is I used the tools to seek the solution, meaning, I, meaning that I use meetings and phone calls and the sponsor and a food plant to seek and redouble my spiritual activity. So what is the difference? The difference is for the first 17 years, I experienced temporary respite, which meant going back to the food over and over again. When I employed the tools as a way to redouble my spiritual efforts, what is the difference in the last almost eight years? I've experienced contented absence. Now I just wanna end with this other sentence. If he gets drunk, don't blame yourself. God has either removed your husband's liquor problem or he has not. This is a good lesson for sponsoring. You know, I can get depressed sometimes thinking of all the people that I've worked with over the last almost eight years and the number of people have recovered. But I was told in step three, and I have to recommit every day to quit playing God. The only thing I can do as a recovered woman is I can show you and I can witness to you how to recover. But it is between you, your higher power, and your actions that will dictate whether you will recover also. And I wish that for every person on this line. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G. Julie I, it's your turn, followed by Dorita P.
8: Hi, this is Julie I in Texas. Um, I relate to both sides of this passage, um, both as an addict and and as someone who spent very much of my life and energy trying to control others. And I think what this program has really showed me is um, is that part of the disease, that part of trying to control other people, is really what has triggered my eating as well as what has created misery by um, playing God in other people's lives. Um, I grew up in a household with uh, four girls and all of us with eating disorders and um, shared this disease and I spent so much energy trying to fix everyone else's disease and yet, was blind to my own, um, and it's taken me years. Um, and through that process, I've spent so much energy trying to fix other people and believing that I was God. Um, and you know, just the idea of of letting people have their own experiences and experience their own lives, and and that their disease was between them and God, I just it was just excruciating to let people um, live their own lives. And through the process of this program, it's it's like my eyes have been opened not only to my own disease, but just how controlling I have been with, you know, members of my family, with my children, my husband. And I think, too, it's like if if any of these people were to, you know, try to control my behavior or offer input or express any opinion about my behavior, I was absolutely resistant. So it's clear to me that trying to control other people's lives has zero impact, um, because that's how I've lived my own life. Um, and just realizing the futility of that. And just, I experience such tremendous relief when I can let God do that. Um, to not have to be God in my own life and, and to be God for others. There's such freedom in that um, and such trust and grace. And um, yeah, I've experienced so much relief and recovery around it. And I'm really grateful for the big book for spelling that out. It's terrifying. It's truly terrifying for me at times to think that other people can live their own lives, and that God works in other people's lives, um, and, and to have that patience and trust. Um, but when I when I can release that, there's just tremendous relief and grace, and for that I'm truly grateful.
0: And I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Julie I and Dorita P. It's your turn. Thank you. Hi. My name
9: is Dorita P. from uh, Cleveland, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And i like to say before I start that um, it's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, and I'm really, really grateful I have a seat here. The last paragraph on 120, um, the slightest sign of fear or intolerance may lessen, oh, I'm sorry, no, 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 Um, we never, uh, the following paragraph, we never, never try to arrange a man's life so as to shield him from temptation. Um, You know, my family uh, did the opposite, you know. Uh, They tempt me. Um, And uh, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful that, that this chapter um, I heard some someone, uh, a lady say, I think on our first day of discussing uh, this chapter that, you know, it's for the whole family. And I'm grateful that she said that because it helped me to even better relate. Um, when I was new, I couldn't relate to this chapter at all. Uh, even now, you know, when we started reading this, I'm like we need to we need to skip this chapter. I think we do skip a couple chapters. I think we skip the one to employers. I'm not sure. I think we skip one. I'm not sure, but anyway, um, I'm like we need to skip this one. Um, I don't have a husband, so this don't even apply to me. But like I said, I'm really grateful that the lady said it's for the whole family, and and I can relate. You know, um, you know. Uh, you know, everything in a big book, I may not be able to re- relate exactly, but I, I can relate just like, so I'll read the sentence again. The slightest sign of, no, I'm sorry, I keep going to the wrong paragraph. We never, never tried to arrange a man's life so as to shield him from tem- temptation. And like I said, um, you know, my family did the opposite. And I come from a family of compulsive overeaters, so they would tempt me. You know, people would come out the woodwork uh, all of a sudden. You know, want to bake me brownies or bake me a cake, and I'm thinking to myself, "Well, when I was eating that stuff, where were you guys then?" That's when I needed you. Uh, but now they want to uh, do all this, and it just reminds me of, um, well, like if I'm from a family of alcoholics, same thing. You know, they're gonna they want you to get drunk, and it just reminds me of. Um, I forgot what you call this type of thing, but, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the crap, like the crab story, like a bucket of crabs, you know. So a bucket of crabs, if one crab tries to get out of the bucket, all the other crabs try to pull him back in. And so it's the same uh, type of thing. So I'm just really grateful for this program.
0: And with that, I will pass. Have a good weekend, everybody. And thank you, Dorita P. For those of us who may have come on the line a little bit later, we are on page 120, the first paragraph. Perhaps your husband will make through five paragraphs, ending the chapter with good luck and God bless you, and commenting on all. If you'd like to share, please say your name just once, as it helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Lisa B. Katie. Kelly S. Kelly S. Okay, this is who I heard. Lisa B., Katie G., Melissa C., and Kelly S. Was there anybody else? Leslie W. Perry C. Great. Let's go with that lineup then. We have Lisa B., Katie G., Melissa C., Kelly S. Leslie W., and I believe the last name I heard was Carrie C. Lisa B., can you start us off, please?
10: Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And thank you, Lynn, for your service. This has been such a powerful, powerful reading for me. It's actually right where I am, right what I'm dealing with. Um, I love the line where it talks about I don't have my big book in front of me, but where it talks about um, either God has helped them recover or they're not recovered, you know. So I need to let go. And, you know, what I want to share on is that my ego can attach itself to anything. So being a recovered person today, you know, my ego can attach itself to that. And somehow feeling better or superior or having more knowledge. Um, and I can carry that attitude not being aware that I'm doing it, into meetings, you know, into my AA meetings, my beloved AA meetings that I go to, um, and my OA meetings that I attend, my face-to-face meetings, and I could start to feel uh, a tension and an aggravation and a frustration, and I know right then there is something wrong inside of me, and I need to turn this over in a tenth step I need to give this to my higher power. So that's what I'm struggling with today is um, – how to be a light, how to carry the message without having my ego attached to it. And I'm very much in process with that. And I'm grateful for the 10 steps. I'm grateful for the 11 steps. But any time I feel that tension and that disturbance, I know that there is something inside of me that is off and that everything, everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Our wonderful paragraph in... Um, I think it's page 419 in the fourth edition on acceptance is what I need to apply. Then I need to pray for these individuals. I need to ask God to forgive me for thinking that I'm different, that I'm separate, uh, you know, or a part of. And somehow um, I'm learning slowly by falling on my face often how to uh, be a power of example and i love the share that was shared earlier that relapse does not have to be a part of our process it tells us that in the forward to the second edition that i can have permanent recovery if and there's an if, if attached so i'm grateful to be here thank you i pass
0: thank you lisa b katie g it's your turn followed by melissa c
11: good morning lynn good morning everyone Kdg, recovered compulsive overeater anorexic and bulimic and i'm <coughs> excuse me thinking about my own relapses and i heard a a speaker talking about am i really relapsing and um what he meant was like am i really did i really put everything into this program did i follow the program of recovery which for me is entire abstinence and I do all the tools so that I have the privilege of doing all the steps, like the two are intertwined. And I remember when I relapsed thinking, oh, I wish I could get back to where I was. But what was the shift for me is that um, where I was was not working. Where I was needed to be shielded from temptation. Where I was was in self pity where I was was not practicing these principles in all my affairs, so something was broken. so when I was in relapse and thank you God, i didn't eat, it was so imperative that I asked God like I do today, help me to set it all aside right like help me to set aside this idea that I need to go back to where I was, I need to get back to where I was and 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 ask God for a new experience out of the food um And I just I really uh, that was a huge thing for me and also to get out of the shame, like being in morbid reflection about my relapse didn't help anybody. It didn't help my recovery. It didn't help anything. And, um, you know, when I was intolerant towards people who were relapsing, you know, the, the funniest thing that someone said to me is it's not contagious. Right like I have that illness, too, um, and I'm ai was a tough nut to crack uh crack. I can still be a tough nut to crack and in Boston people say don't be surprised when people eat be surprised when people don't eat and that sounds so cynical, but it's true like this is this is a really tough illness, but But recovery is not like going to Orlando and and riding on a a roller coaster, if that's fun for you. Recovery is practicing the willingness to bear discomfort. It's being entirely honest. It's putting down that one thing that you think is not having an issue, but it's dominating your life, which for me was exercise bulimia. Like putting down that one thing and, and saying, okay, God, you've got this. And I love this idea we can place the problem along with everything else into God's hands. Like we all have these 24 hours and am I moving towards recovery or am I moving towards the food? Like that's my choice, right? And if I am not willing to do any step, it is a step one issue. It is because I'm saying I have power, choice, or control again around the food. So if I'm not doing step 10, it's because I'm not accepting my powerlessness and I have to stay grounded in that each and every day. So. Um, you know, nothing in this world can make me eat. And uh, I'm grateful for this program of recovery that I can continue to ask God to set aside all my old ideas and God willing grow and change. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Katie G. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Kelly S. Hi,
12: good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And You know, I'm thinking this chapter um, really could be called, like, to daughters, to mothers, to, you know, to anybody, because um, I'm just getting a lot of wisdom in here, and, um, you know, so what really jumped out at me um, is that I can't shield anybody from anything. Like, I can't shield my kids um from their own experiences. Um, you know, in the guise of being a good mother, you think you can and you really can't. Um and you know, and I think back to like as a daughter growing up, um, you know, in my in my parents' house and in the house that I grew up in, um, and I was terrified of of my mother's rage. You know, she was definitely a scary person and I would try to shield her from getting mad, you know, and that didn't work. And, um, there was, you know, I am a person, It's and, and um, I only have human power, and human power isn't effective when we know that. And, you know, and I think like to myself with my disease, um, anybody who tried to shield me from food, um, what did that do to me? It made me maybe sneakier, you know, it made me, um, because when when you want to eat or you want to drink, there is no person that's going to stop you, you know, not a sponsor, not a parent, not a spouse, not a mother, nobody.
13: Um,
12: And when you don't, when you are really done and you have a deep spiritual connection, there is no person that can force you to. No situation, no mother, no child, no nothing you know and that's been my that's been my beautiful experience here like i I've, I've shared here like I have really been in the midst of some really difficult stuff, and God's been with me I haven't I've been eating compulsively. it just hasn't crossed my mind and um, and yet there were times when you know you had to shield me from um, the dog having an accident on the floor because that was my reason to eat. You know, you you had to shield me from anything minor because that would have been my reason to eat. And, um, there is no, there is no human power here. And I'm thinking, you know, also about relapse. And my personal experience was I never really relapsed. Um, I never really had a deep, effective spiritual connection. Because in my, in my life, if it was deep and effective, then it means that it, that it grows, that my connection with God grows through all my difficulties. If That's really effective. It, you know, if it's ineffective, it only works sometimes. Um, thank you, with that I'll pass. Thank
0: you, Melissa C. And Kelly S. it's your turn, followed by Leslie W.
14: Thank you, Lynn. This is Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, got some really great shares. Um, In fact, I'm going to piggyback on some stuff that P- uh, Kim talked about. Um, you know, in this uh, paragraph it says he must redouble his spiritual activities. Um, you know, I just did the same thing that she had shared about. Um, I, in my 30-something years, just tried to redouble my activities, not the spiritual part. <laughs> you know, I would uh, go to more meetings, try to find the perfect sponsor, find a better food plan, find a good meeting, went to a retreat, went to a convention. You know, I just kept doing more and doing more and doing more. And, um, you know, I didn't understand that whole thing we always talk about here. You know, you need to remind him of his spiritual deficiency, that spiritual malady. So, all those things are wonderful. And I work, I work a very structured and disciplined program. I use my tools, but my tools are for me to get to the steps. You know, they help me work the steps, they're my handrails. And it talks about in our 12th step, which I shared the other day, you know, we had a spiritual experience through these steps. So that's my spiritual activity. That's where I'm going to get my spiritual solution is working these steps. You know, and that's what I didn't understand. And then, you know, I think about Bill W. and and Dr. Bob. All they had was working with others, even when they first sobered up. You know, in Bill's story, I think it's page 14, 15. He talks about enlarging his spiritual life through work and self sacrifice with others. And yes, I do do time in prayer and meditation but i have to get out of myself because self-reliance fails me every time and that's what i didn't understand and that's what my family is seeing today too that i'm working this program in a different way you know it's not just about the food and yes um you know i have to put it down i love this part god either removed the the problem or has not you know i'm not i'm either abstinent or i'm not i'm either recovered or i'm not i'm not a little bit abstinent and that's why you know doctor's opinion was so important for me and why I do today have to have black and white abstinence. But, you know, goes more than being, am I recovered or not, you know, and uh, getting back down to the fundamentals, the fundamentals, again, the steps, you know. Um, and I love this. If repetition is to be prevented, place the problem along with everything in God's hands because it's not just about food. It's about my life, it's about my, my inability to do life, my living problem. So I don't just put my food problem in fact, I don't even ask God to remove that anymore. You know, I ask God to show me how to be loving, kind, tolerant, you know, which is our code, which doesn't come easy for me, by the way. Um, and so, you know, I love it. You know, we're based upon our experience in that in that last paragraph because, you know, we're walking hand in hand. You know, thank God you guys are doing this ahead of me. And I have uh, people, you know, to walk in their footsteps and I get to leave footsteps. And I talk to... I'll wrap up. I talked to a new person yesterday. I mean, she's been around for a little bit. You know, she's struggling. And, you know, we talked about calling new people, and she said it really helped. And she goes, I don't have a lot to share. But you know what? You're here, and you're calling new people. Remember how when people, when those new phone calls, they suck. Phone calls suck sometimes. You're so uncomfortable, or I was. And so even reaching out to somebody new, if you are only here for a few days, you know, just making them feel a little bit more welcome. That's getting out of self, you know. And so I just have to remember today, Redoubling my spiritual activities, my spiritual activities. Prayer meditation with my higher power. Breathe in God. Get out of self. And I've learned that this last few days again. So, so grateful to be walking hand in hand with you guys. And uh, love this paragraph. I'm looking forward to or this chapter. Looking forward to uh, family afterwards. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Lynn.
0: Thank you, Kelly. Yes. Leslie W., it's your turn. Followed by Terry C. Thanks for your service.
15: Um, I'm Leslie W. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. If he gets drunk, don't blame yourself. Um, yeah, you know, um, I think that as, as a mom, you know, and as a wife, if I see people around me that are suffering that I love, I want to help them. I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, you know I, I think that um, that it is it is natural to want to help those around us that are suffering if we love them and if we care for them. However, um, I must remember that I can take it too far and I can start to play God. And start to think that I know what's best for that person, and and I can save that person. Let me, let me jump in and save and rescue them. You no, know, because you know <clears throat> we're all on our own journey, and um, it's difficult for me sometimes to think um, about you know what my husband has suffered at the hand of, of my disease. And I remember when I first felt that compulsion leave me and first became recovered in this program that you know, I just expected for things to just go back to way to the way that they were. Expected them for expected it to be easy, you know. Oh, look at me, I'm well. So let's uh let's hop back on let's hop back on the our our happy merry go round here. No. There's no <laughs> I have to slow down and realize that, you know, my my disease has affected them too and, and made them sick too so it it um uh, it takes quite a while before things are um are repaired and for me I think the the biggest thing for me that I've taken away from this this whole chapter is um just to be to be tolerant and patient and understanding um and uh realize that that everybody's on their own journey, including me and I'm thankful. Thankful for all of you here today, and with that,
0: I pass, thanks. Thank you, Leslie W. Terry C.,
4: it's your turn. Press star one, please, Terry.
16: Hi, Lynn. Can I be heard?
0: Hi there. Yes, you can now. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry,
16: Sorry about that. Um, yeah, my name is Terry C. I'm a recovered uh, compulsive reader from New Jersey, and this this whole chapter has just been such a gift the last few weeks, and uh, just really opened my eyes and just helped me get more in touch with um, how I can be useful and, and how I can be accountable as a wife. Um, you know. The, I've been in the program since 1991, and the program is just starting to gain credibility in my
1: household.
16: I read this sentence, and it reminded me, you need not remind him of his spiritual deficiency. He will know of it. I really didn't know about it until 20 years later. I didn't know of my spiritual deficiency. Um, and for 20 years, uh, a good part of that 20 years, my husband watched me. Um, get on the phone and police people's food, try to shield them from temptation, try to be their god. Um, I, you know, dictated to him what our weekly schedule would be based around my meetings or what I thought I needed. I mean, I look back on the representation I did of this program and I think, oh, my God, what a terrible, terrible advocate I was of this program. And he watched me go to meetings, say I was part of a fellowship, and oh, by the way, I guess the one thing he did see was he saw the weight come off, but he saw a junkyard dog go from a big junkyard dog to a thin junkyard dog. And um, here I was, still having trouble with personal relationships, not able to control my emotional nature, still miserable, not useful, full of fear, and unhappy even though I never admitted it and so it takes a long time as as the person who just shared said you know it takes a long time to repair so today you know he doesn't see the saint; he sees a person who um, engages more with him about you know what maybe his needs are uh, gets a phone call and rushes to pick up a book because she doesn't know the answer you know, he used to joke with me and say, you should get paid for being like a, a counselor or, you know, that sort of thing, because I had the answer, right? I was God. I had the answer, and I so don't have the answer today. I don't want to have the answer. I want to go to God for the answer, and I want to encourage people to do the same. So um, I'm just grateful that today I can talk to my husband about my relationship with God, and if it makes him uncomfortable, it's okay you know i have to turn him over to his god and i turn my life over to my god and all will be well and with that
13: i'll pass thank you
0: thank you terry c we have time for two or three more shares who would like that spot
13: this is larry cake
0: thanks got you larry anybody else Okay, Larry. Kathy let's go G. with you then. Oh, somebody G. Who was that?
7: Oh, sorry about that, Kathy G.
0: Okay, I, we might be out of time, so Larry Kay, Let's go ahead with you then, please.
13: Okay. Um, thanks so much for your service. You know, it just occurs to me. I'm I'm really glad this chapter was written by an alcoholic. Um, you know, I, I know Lois probably it, it would have made intuitive sense for you know to to be a wife in this case and to write it the chapter to the wives. The thing is, I read lots of books written by people who were not alcoholic, people with real good credentials and good thoughts and good opinions um, about alcoholics, about compulsive people, and none none of that stuff got me. Well, I I like the perspective. Of someone who has crossed the bridge to freedom as the result of of having had a spiritual awakening from these steps writing about writing to because it's a different book can you imagine if if the book was written by people either not recovered or not alcoholic it'd be a different book right it'd be a different book now it may be a very interesting book I probably would read it with great curiosity I'd like to get the opinions, but what got me well was people who had crossed the bridge to freedom as a result of having a spiritual awakening. And, I, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that because I think there's something divine about that for me. So, um, gosh, just wrapping up, I, I would say that, you know, when you get Bill's perspective to whoever it is, to the, to the wives, to, to the, other, the other people in our lives, to the non-alcoholic people, he's giving the perspective of someone who had crossed the bridge to freedom. And I'm grateful. With that, I pass. Thanks.
0: And thank you, Larry Kay. And I'm sorry, Kathy G., perhaps you can hang around for our second hour to share. So thank you to everyone who shared and thank you to Team Friday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Friday, September 21st, 2018, is 119 Four, 3 we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer and will Lauren N please read a vision for you our book is meant to be suggestive only
17: hi this is Lauren N. can you hear me Lynn
0: yes thank you
17: our book is meant to be suggestive only we realize we know only a little